we have news of an official statement made by the FSSP that will certainly cause some people to be quite angry with them, or at least disappointed in the decisions they've made regarding Traditionis Custodis and Francis's overall efforts to demonize faithful Catholics. I also have a story about a request a somewhat influential Catholic writer has made that any voice who criticizes Francis be denied the sacraments. The, stu- the two stories are weirdly related because they are all based on how we understand the situation in the church today, and even how Francis has talked about these things himself. Francis, whether you think he is the Pope or not, we can agree on this one thing. Francis is not the papacy. He is not the office of the papacy, and he is certainly not the church himself. Archbishop Fulton Sheen once said something very relevant to what we need to talk about today. Quote, we live in a sensate age. We are no longer governed by faith. We are no longer governed by reason. We are governed by feelings. End quote. Whenever someone says something like that, they're usually talking about secular affairs. Whatever the issue of the day is, it seems that it can always go back to the triumph of emotional thinking over reason, with predictable consequences. But we certainly see that in the church today as well. People have an emotional response when someone says anything at all about the papacy or about the pope or the man the world sees as pope. Often, they conflate those things as one. That is, they confuse you or I talking about a particular pope in a negative way as an attack on the office of the papacy itself. So when I say something negative about Francis, it's construed as an attack on the Petrine office. It's a weird mistake people make, and it's something to remember, that the papacy and Francis are not the same thing at all. Francis is not the office of the Pope, and he is certainly not the Church. I have a couple of seemingly unrelated stories for you today on this after that long-winded intro. One is from a Catholic commentator who wants to have the Vatican place an interdict on all traditional Catholics and anyone who takes on Francis. And as I said at the beginning, the other is from the FSSP. And both look on the surface to be unrelated, but in in reality and in a weird kind of way, they're not unrelated at all. Both involve a misconception of what it is that trads do. So let's get into this. But first, I wanted to thank the patrons and channel members for their continued support of this channel. By contributing a buck a month to the work of this channel they keep, or more, they keep this news and analysis coming. So a big thanks to them. If you want to become a patron of this channel, there are links to the Patreon and Subscribe Star websites for this channel in the description box below, or you can click the Join button below the screen. Thanks, and on to our story. Let's begin with the Fraternal Society of St. Peter, the FSSP. Since Traditionis Custodis was released by Francis, despite reportedly 75% of the bishops actually being neutral to positive to the traditional liturgy and traditional sacraments, that news broke recently, all eyes have been on the FSSP and how they would respond. Many erroneously believe that they will go semi-independent, like the SSPX, and that sort of belies a misunderstanding of how the FSSP were formed and sort of the internal tensions are between those two groups. Many hope that they would recognize Archbishop Lefebvre's state of emergency argument for the course of action that he took in consecrating bishops and follow suit. And for full disclosure, I am a full believer that Archbishop Lefebvre was correct. And they hope that perhaps reconciling the, the, SSS, the SSPX and the FSSP will happen along the way. That'd be nice if it happened, but we got this story in September then about their general meeting and the statement they released at that time that many described as, Francis, please don't hurt us statement. One that was filled with statements describing just how loyal they were to the papacy and how much they loved him. Filled with quotes from Amoris Laetitia, Laudato Si, and the rest. It was kind of 
disturbing to read. A vigorous and tiresome debate ensued among various Catholic commentators on this. Many still hope they will go their own way, and many of their priests have signaled that they intend to do so if things go the way they will. Some were mysteriously accused of doing some rather evil things immediately after they made that statement. Curious. Then this story broke. From the website of the FSSP in France comes an official statement from the French chapter of the Fraternal Society of St. Peter. It's very short, so I'll present it in full for you. Quote, Gathered in seas from October 26 to 29, 2021, for their annual meeting, the priests of the District of France of the Fraternity Sacerdotale Saint-Pierre, the FSSP, spoke of the questioning in certain places of their identity and their apostolate as well as of deep concerns expressed by the faithful entrusted to them by the Church. Unanimously, they wish to reaffirm their attachment to the founding charism of the Fraternity of St. Peter, in particular to the unwavering double fidelity to the so-called Tridentine Liturgy and to the Holy See. By definitively approving the constitutions of the Fraternity of St. Peter in 2003, the Holy See legitimized this double attachment, lived by all its members for more than 30 years in ecclesial communion. The priests of the District of France of the Fraternity St. Peter intend to continue their mission in the service of the Church and of souls, confident that the authority of the Church cannot go back on the commitments made during the founding of the Fraternity. They entrust themselves to the maternal protection of the Virgin Mary and to the intercession of St. Peter. End quote. They believe that they will that the Vatican will never pull the plug on them, that they will not have the deals that was made in 1988 taken from them. Make of that what you will. For those hoping some FSSP priests will recognize the obvious about Francis and declare him to be a heretic or something else, or that they'll join with many of you and recognize Benedict as the reigning pontiff, or that they'll just go the way of the SSPX, that does not appear to be likely in this case. But I want to reiterate something. Do not conflate Francis with the papacy. He does that. He, Francis, does that all the time, taking a personal critique of him as an attack on the papacy itself, as an attack on the church itself. What the FSSP did here was not to grovel before Francis. They reiterated their founding purpose, which was highly charged at the time and remains a source of contention between factions of traditional Catholics, and it's really sad when it always flares up. And what is that founding purpose? To remain with the full appearance of full loyalty to whoever the reigning pontiff is and the papacy itself. Individual FSSP priests will say some true and charged things about Francis, but expect nothing further from them, at least until their seminaries are closed if that is to happen. Well, nothing further other than for them to continue to pr provide the sacraments and to defend the faith, because when that was a question about a year and a half ago now, they were some of the ones doing their jobs, and they deserve your support for that. But if their seminaries are closed, we'll, we'll see what comes next, because that will be a game changer. Which brings me to this other story that happened. I usually avoid talking about other Catholic commentators, and I have a very hard and fast rule of not talking about anyone who is generally seen to be on our side of things in the great spectrum of traditionalist and semi-tried commentators if it's neg if, a, if there's a negative story about them. I won't say something negative about any of my peers. At least I don't, won't do it on YouTube. On Twitter, I do, but never here. As a result, I try to avoid talking about any Catholic commentator in general, unless it's a, hey, go check this video out kind of thing that, you know, Taylor Marshall talked about Solvate Coagula. Go watch that. It's a great video. But something ugly came across my desk. A calculated comment made by someone who runs what looks to be the now defunct Whispers from the Logia blog. It's a pretty big name blog, or 
was, since it looks like the author gave up on it and hasn't published anything there in more than a month, which is usually the death knell for blogs and podcasts. But on Twitter, the author of Whispers from Elogia essentially made a request of the powers that be. Anyone, but especially any priest who says anything negative about Francis, should have an interdict placed on them. I'm just going to read to you what he said on Twitter. Quote, While even senior prelates liberally deface the Pope in wake of today's events, Canon 1373 is clear. A person who publicly incites hatred or animosity against the apostolic see or provokes disobedience against it is to be punished by interdict or other just penalties, end quote. And the events that he's talking about is when the man that I call somnolent Caesar went and visited Francis over the weekend and all sorts of really strange stories and kind of gross stories came out about it. The tweet is by someone calling themselves uh, Rocco Palmo. I honestly know very little about him, and I'm not going to say anything further about him since I know nothing about his work, and I never really read his blog since pro-Francis, pro-modernism, and pro-Vatican II blogs are really not something I'm all that interested in reading. Just note that what he, what he did here, he conflated the Apostolic See, meaning the Petrine office, meaning the office of the Pope. He conflated that sacred and holy office with the harsh critics against Francis and as such as he wants an interdict place on anyone who does it. Now, what is an interdict? Canon law made easy in a post from May of 2020 describes an interdict as a wake-up call for the person in question, for the person who is placed under an interdict. It's a restorative measure, like excommunication, in that it's meant to get the person who broke canon law or embraced heresy or whatever to amend their ways and return to the fold, and there are procedures for that. An interdict means you cannot participate in any ceremonies of the church, including Mass, and you cannot receive the sacraments. In other words, what this Catholic commentator wants is for Catholics, in this case priests, who only want the bishop in white in Rome in question to do what they are supposed to be doing, like defend the faith and stop preaching sin and error. They want anybody who takes him on on that issue to be denied the sacraments, to be placed as essentially outside the church. Interdiction does not mean one is excommunicated, but in reality, for most people, they are nearly indistinguishable. For the Canon Law Made Easy article, the author was answering the question in May of 2020 from a reader that where they were asking how, if every single Catholic in the world at that time was placed under interdict, when our bishops decided that closing our parishes was a good idea, and in many places denying all sacraments to the faithful. Canon Law Made Easy is a good website, and if you have questions regarding canon law, it's a good place to check out. A link is in today's show notes at returntotradition.org to the article from them that I'm citing on this, as well as for the other stories I talked about today. The question that they were presented was a good question, and it helps us to understand this problem now. That many choose to confuse our critiques of Francis with an attack on the holy office of the Roman pontiff itself. The two are not the same, and should not be treated as if they are the same thing. And it's not that we hate the papacy. We don't hate the papacy any more than we hate the church. Traditional Catholics lay or or clerics alike, love the papacy, and we love the church more than anything on this earth. The strident tone we take is because we love the church and the Petrine office so much that when we see heretics in control of the institutions of the church, we are forced to respond appropriately, not with a shrug of lukewarm indifference, but with the fists that St. Pius X said is the only proper response to the modernists. What Mr. Palmo is saying here is that he would like to see traditional Catholics treated the same way modernists were treated before Vatican II. As an example, I present that of Father Reginald Garagru Lagrange, who worked on the immensity of God I presented this past Sunday. If you have not heard that essay, it's from a larger work of his. I do recommend you check it out if you need something a little uplifting at this point in the week. 
In the 1950s, he was the head of the Angelicum, the most prestigious seminary in Rome. A future pope presented a doctoral dissertation and was soundly rejected by Father Reginald because it was filled with modernist ideas, and I'm not talking about Francis either. Other theologians were silenced, and others still fared far worse than that. That is what this writer wants of traditional Catholics. His problem is that for this to happen, any bishop in question will be placed in the awkward position that will require showing how that offender is in error theologically speaking, which would trigger an investigation and argument that no modernist wants. Hence, why the dubia has been ignored, why Vigano's central claims have been ignored. So my advice to Mr. Palmo is to ignore trads and traditional cler uh, clerics for as long as you can. We are a tiny percent of the Catholic population anyway. But I want to give you this scenario. Imagine this. Imagine if, say, I don't know, Anne Barnhart were placed under interdict by her bishop because she is a strong voice for the Benedict is the real pope position and that Francis is, by consequence, an anti-pope. Now imagine that discussion that would be forced to be had. Worse, imagine the attention it would place on Miss Barnhart's work. This is why modernist voices should not wish for interdiction to be placed on anyone they disagree with. You're best left ignoring us. <laughs> Now, what do you think? Are the FSSP wrong to take this course of action? Am I wrong in thinking that this author wants anyone who criticizes Francis to be denied the sacraments in the same way that modernists were treated in a century or so before the council, when the church was run by men who actually held the faith? Let me know your thoughts in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church, and again, thank you for the pay to the patrons for their support of this channel. It is appreciated. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.